Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 2387. How to Optimize Post-Workout Nutrition by Aidan Muir of idealnutrition.com.au. And I'm Dr. Neil, your very own personal narrator. Welcome to a Thursday edition of Optimal Health Daily. This is one of a few shows where we read to you from blogs for free so that you don't have to read them yourself, except on Fridays. That's where I answer your questions. But with that, let's get right to today's post as we optimize your life. How to Optimize Post-Workout Nutrition by Aidan Muir of idealnutrition.com.au. The post-workout period is a time frame that can be important for maximizing muscle growth and recovery. It's typically less important than your overall nutrition each day, but it still plays an important role. There are quite a few aspects to consider when it comes to post-workout nutrition. And often, there are a lot of questions too. This post is designed to cover these topics relatively succinctly. Protein and the anabolic window. One of the first things I heard about when I first got interested in post-workout nutrition was the anabolic window. At the time, I heard people talking about it as if to maximize muscle growth. You needed to get in a fast-acting protein such as whey within an hour of your workout. I then later heard people dismissing the anabolic window. These folks promoted that all you needed to focus on was consuming enough total protein. This was more of a if-it-fits-your-macros type of approach. The answer is somewhere in the middle. Both total protein intake and protein timing matter, but the window is usually not as small as an hour. Currently, the consensus is that the anabolic window is a three to five hour window around the time of training. Further understanding the anabolic window timing. The three to five hour window is quite a general range, so it's worth examining this concept a bit deeper. First, it involves both the pre-workout and post-workout periods. You can think of this as one and a half to two and a half hours pre-workout or post-workout. A great example of this is research comparing pre-workout to post-workout protein supplementation leading to the same results. The five-hour aspect really is more relevant if you have a lot of protein a few hours pre-workout. This is because it takes time to digest and absorb. It can still be in your system post-workout. If you train fasted, this means you have a less than one and a half hour window where you want to be getting in a decent amount of protein. This also explains why there's quite a bit of research that makes it look as though the anabolic window is only an hour or so long. A lot of research is done in a fasted state to control variables. 
how much protein. The amount of protein to maximize muscle protein synthesis is typically around 20 to 40 grams. This is based on size. People with more muscle mass need more than those with less. A more accurate guide is to aim for more than 0.4 grams of protein per kilogram body weight at a given time. For someone who weighs 80 kilograms, this would be 32 grams of protein. Some interpret the research on this topic as if it's a limit to how much protein we can digest and absorb or that we should never go above. I have a different perspective. We know that total protein intake matters far more than this. The current consensus is that to maximize muscle growth, we should aim for 1.6 to 2.2 grams of protein per kilogram body weight per day. So for that same 80 kilogram person, that's 128 to 176 grams of protein per day. If you limited yourself to never having more than 30 grams of protein in a sitting, it would be difficult to achieve that total number. As mentioned previously as well, if you have a larger amount of protein, it takes longer to digest and absorb. Although it may not raise muscle protein synthesis further in that acute time frame, it can still play a role in muscle growth if it helps you consume enough total protein. Type of protein. The common logic is that whey protein is a fast-acting protein and casein is a slow-acting protein. Therefore, people believe that whey protein is a superior post-workout protein option. This makes sense at a surface level, but falls apart when analyzed closely. First, the moment you mix whey protein with anything, the digestion rate significantly slows down. Even adding milk would slow it down to the point that it's digested roughly as quickly as casein with milk. Second, this hypothesis is easy to test. Based on this logic, whey protein post-workout should lead to more muscle growth than casein post-workout. When studied though, they both lead to the same outcomes. This is good news. It, alongside other research, means that we do not actually need to focus much on choosing fast-acting protein. We also don't need to use supplementation either. It's a convenient option, but we can use food. Really, all we need to do is focus on getting that 0.4 grams of protein per kilogram body weight in through either food or supplements and almost all decent protein sources will work. One guideline that you'll want to meet is to aim for greater than 2 grams of leucine. Leucine is an amino acid that's helpful for triggering muscle protein synthesis. It's not the only thing that matters, though. But choosing a protein source that ticks this box will also likely work well for muscle protein synthesis. Carbohydrates in the anabolic window. Carbohydrates post-workout are sometimes proposed to help with muscle growth. The mechanism is often linked to insulin. The idea is that carbohydrates spike insulin. Since insulin is a storage hormone, this could help facilitate protein being stored as muscle. This is another easy hypothesis to test. Theoretically, research should show that this leads to more muscle protein synthesis and muscle growth if true. This is not what the research has found though. Training multiple times in a day. If you're training again soon, it's important to get carbohydrates in as soon as possible to replenish glycogen. Typically, this applies to those who are training multiple times per day. It could also apply to somebody who's training late in the evening and then again in the morning. Glucose is our body's best fuel source for performance. Glycogen is our body's storage form of glucose. When glycogen gets depleted, performance typically gets worse. If you have a fast-absorbing carbohydrate after your workout, you put yourself in a better position for that second training session. 
To maximize replenishment, you would want to aim for 1.2 to 1.5 grams of carbohydrate per kilogram body weight every hour. Use common sense though. Prioritize sleep over this if relevant. If the event is over six hours away, there's no need to continue doing this approach. And if you don't need to maximize replenishment, which most people do not, you can go considerably lower than this amount. If you're not training again for a while, just focusing on consuming an appropriate amount of carbohydrates for the day is all that matters. Fat and fiber content. Fat and fiber slow down digestion and absorption. From the muscle protein synthesis side of things, this likely doesn't matter much. For rapidly replenishing glycogen stores, it could matter more. Slowing down digestion would slow down how quickly glycogen is stored. If you're training again soon, ideally you would want your post-workout meal to be low in fat and fiber. If you're not training again soon, it doesn't matter much. Who should care about all of this? Those that should care about this are those trying to maximize muscle growth or maximize recovery, and those trying to optimize performance in their training sessions, particularly those training sessions that are close together. Total nutrition for each day matters a lot more than most of this stuff too. You don't want to consistently focus on this aspect if it undermines what you should be doing for the overall day. If you're not actively trying to maximize any of these things previously mentioned, you shouldn't stress about trying to optimize post-workout nutrition either. You just listened to the post titled How to Optimize Post-Workout Nutrition by Aidan Muir of idealnutrition.com.au. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. I really appreciated that today's author, Aiden, provided scientific evidence to back up his arguments. Nutrition research can be so frustrating because one day it seems like we're told to do one thing and the very next day we're told to do the opposite. But Aiden summarized the most recent scientific evidence really nicely. In fact, Aiden mentioned that consuming a specific type of amino acid after our workouts can be helpful to stimulate muscle protein synthesis, or basically muscle growth. The amino acid he mentioned was leucine, and he's correct that the scientific evidence seems to show that leucine can be helpful for this. So what foods contain leucine? Luckily, pretty much all protein-rich foods have a decent amount of leucine in them. I'll go ahead and list some of these, but you're gonna find it's a pretty obvious list. Meat, poultry, fish, garbanzo beans, also known as chickpeas, eggs, milk and milk products like cheese and yogurt, 
soy and soybeans, nuts and beef. See, I told you, most protein-rich foods have a decent amount of leucine. So, if you consume any of these foods throughout the course of a day and in any combination, you're probably meeting the two grams of leucine recommendation. All right, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a subscriber or follower of the show. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll see you back here tomorrow for another Friday Q&A and where your optimal life awaits.